All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome, or, or, or should I say, hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to the first edition of Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Yes, we are a rebrand of a rebrand because we like to rebrand here. And uh, I am Joe Dubs. Here with me is my other half of the crazy ride on this podcast. It's Andy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, so, like, like I said, we are rebranding because I didn't like the first name. The second name, I didn't like the logo. I, I like the the slogan of you know nerd uh, blender, but I'm like, then people are gonna think that we're blending shit, and I I didn't want that to happen. There's already a YouTube channel that does that. Yeah, and and then another one I was like. Well, this one that we just came up with. I love eighties movies because I was just watching Top Gun, by the way, before I uh, before we decided to do this podcast. And I love Kurt Russell, and you like Kurt Russell too, right, Andy? Oh yeah, I was uh, I was Snake Plissken for Halloween. <laughs> nice. So I decided we call this podcast "Big Trouble in Little Podcast," just like the movie "Big Trouble in Little China." So there you go. <laughs> uh, what this podcast is going to be about, uh, if we have any new listeners out there uh, that we're pretty much into everything nerdy, which will be comic books, video games, movies, TV shows, uh, mangas, uh, anything. So if you're into that shit, then you will like this podcast. And uh, we're not going to be really into like news and stuff. We're just going to be doing shit that we want to talk about, which hopefully other people like to, to listen about. Yeah, if there's something in the news that we are interested in, that's definitely going to come up, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to like regurgitate all the news that are like on Kotaku and all that stuff, because most of them I just don't give a fuck, or I don't have the money to go play it or something so get strapped in and get ready for a big trouble in a little podcast where only dreams can kill a dream. Yes, I used a quote from the movie. <laughs> um, so what the hell have we been watching or playing? Andy, do you have anything you've been watching or playing? Um, I've mostly been playing. I bought that uh, the Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 HD remix. I don't know, it's got a long name, but. I never played Kingdom Hearts 2 when I was a kid, and I wanted to try it, and I have been loving it. I'm actually in the end game now. I'm trying to get Donald and Goofy's final weapons, and I saw Dunkirk. I haven't watched a lot of stuff otherwise. Oh, I started uh, Stranger Things. I'm on episode two. Well, I just finished two. I'm on three. Did you see the uh, trailer to Stranger Things uh, season two? Sort of. I was scrolling, and I saw it in my Facebook feed, and I told myself, well, I'm not going to watch this yet. I haven't finished the series. But it's like there was like some arcade stuff, and it looked really cool, and I watched part of it without sound, just without meaning to. And then I, I stamped myself out of it and scrolled on. Well, don't you like in Season 1 how they're doing like this whole Dungeons & Dragons kind of like storyline a little bit? Yeah, you know. And it, since you did peek at the, the arcade scene, that game that they're playing... <laughs> Uh, Dragon's Lair. I hope that's like gonna be the the theme of season two. So the game's pretty cool, pretty famous. It's hard as shit though. You ever played it? I played it, and because it was hard and shit, I didn't play it again because I was a <laughs> pussy back then when playing playing video games. <laughs> but uh, I love the '80s theme of Stranger Things. I don't know what. How you said? How many episodes are you in season one? I just watched the first two. Now, what do you think? Do you think like the story is kind of slow in the beginning? I thought it was fine. I actually, uh, I was pleasantly surprised because, like, people told me I would really like it. You know, everyone, oh, you'd really like it. And I was kind of expecting more of like a Goonies style romp. Like, I thought it was going to be more lighthearted, and it very much isn't. And I'm, I'm really liking it. I. uh yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that slow. I've been enjoying it so far. A lot of people, and when I, I, the casual people that usually watch like movies and TV shows, they usually go, 
Eh, it was kind of slow in the beginning, but then once you get into the middle and near the end of this the season, starts to pick up. But like, I thought the whole series was great. The writing was, the writing was great. The kids feel like they're kids, uh, in the show. Where yeah, yeah, they, they do like kid stuff. They just behave that way. I don't know. Yeah, because if you watch other movies, like how they script kids from mm-hmm. an adult mind is totally yeah. different. Yeah, they they say lines an adult would say, but these kids don't. And also, how did they find this many competent child actors? It's rare to see one in a movie, let alone what is it five? Mm-hmm. And it looks like they, like they went back in time and grabbed these kids from the eighties. Like they did a, such a great job to give these like this generation children to have the mindset of children in the eighties. And that's good acting, in my opinion, for their young career. So, like, I was really impressed. And you only seen two episodes. Wait until you see the rest of the, the season. It's just, it's crazy what they do. It's eight, right? Eight episodes? Eight episodes. And I'm hoping next season there's more. So, I understand this is a little dated. Stranger Things has been out for a while. But I just got Netflix, like, two weeks ago. And I've watched a whole bunch of Trailer Park Boys and that. <laughs> You need oh, and all and all of the new Castlevania series. Uh, that that's recent. I don't know why I didn't say that. It's fucking great. I loved it too. Tell Only me, four episodes. T- what a shame. Tell me about it. Like, does it tell in depth story of what the you know the tale of Castlevania is? Or I heard there's like a lot of violence in this fucking anime. Oh yeah, it's very violent. Um, it's kind of a retelling. I mean, like the 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 bare bones of what the story always was is still there, but I mean, it's based on like NES games, so there wasn't a lot of story anyway. But it was uh, written by Warren Ellis, the comic book writer, mm-hmm. so he knows what he's doing. And one of the producers, I thought he was the director too, but I guess he's just a producer. He's a, what's his name? Uh, Adi Chankar or whatever. He, he did like the bootleg universe stuff and a couple other things, but um, it's it's really good. Like, what I was expecting was a violent, well-animated, cliche-riddled, by-the-numbers, nonsense show. But it, what I got was all the characters are really interesting. The whole first episode is spent like setting up Dracula as... I mean, he is the villain, and he's clearly evil, but they he has a motivation for being evil. It's not just like, oh, I'm Dracula. I want to suck your blood, so I'm going to kill you. For no, you know, it's, it, they don't just go at it like that there's an actual reason he's doing what he's doing and um one of the first things that happens in actually it's the first thing that happens in the second episode is uh trevor trevor belmont the main character is in a bar fight and you expect oh he's gonna whip their asses and he he does win the fight but he doesn't just like stomp their faces in like he's drunk and he gets kicked in the balls twice or something and and like they 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 punch him in the face a bunch of times and yeah, it, it's like a real gritty fight, and it, it's it's smart because right off <laughs> right off the bat, it sets up the fact that Trevor is like human. You know, he's fallible. He could die. He can get beat up. He's he doesn't make the best decisions. He's a drunk. He's you know, it's really cool. Yeah, uh, that's that's on my list and everything. And uh, it's I, only four episodes long. It's like eighty something minutes. You can watch all of it in a sitting, no problem. Oh, I've I've watched uh, TV shows like season like twenty episodes in one day. <laughs> I don't know how I do it, but I do it somehow. But uh, hopefully, this anime kind of wakes up Konami. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get another Castlevania. Um, what I'm hoping happens is it gets really popular, and they see that they licensed out this property and it made them some money and popularity and they just do it again and they license it to someone competent and then they make the game. I don't want Konami to make a Castlevania. I don't think it'll be any good. I want someone else to do it. Now, do you want a 3D Castlevania or do you want the old school uh, side scrolling? At this point, I'd take either. Makes sense. I mean, the last one with the, what was it? Lord of the Shadow or something like that. It was okay. It was like kind of its own thing, but it it hit a lot of the same notes as Castlevania did. It was okay. It was fun. It was a little too God of Warry for me. Yeah, and Hideo Kojima was on there. He was doing like the cutscenes. I I remember. Yes. Yeah, it kind of shows in places, but 
it's kind of it, it was interesting to to sense his restraint at times i thought because mm-hmm. they were probably like whipping him to be like hurry up we need to get this game out probably actually yeah <laughs> um here's a couple of things i want you since you have netflix now glow the tv show it's about women's wrestling right yep it's actually based on a true story i believe hmm. uh house of cards yeah it's on my list already and there's a movie called the discovery it's about where uh the scientist finds out that there is an afterlife and he has proof of it. So everybody in the world is just killing themselves to go to the afterlife. It's a Netflix original, really good movie. And that's all yeah. I know on the top of my head right now. I mean, there's other, there's like a shitload of TV shows and movies that are made by Netflix. You got Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Yeah, Daredevil's on my list as well. Yeah. Stranger Things was first, though. I was going to watch it first all along. but Yeah. And then, time. and then October 27th is season two. Can't wait. I'm going to be on vacation at the time. Or no, I won't. I'll be on vacation two days later. I may marathon it. I wonder if it's going to be eight episodes again. It probably is, just so that they could keep like the the movie feel to it a little bit. They announced a second season of Castlevania. It's going to be... Twice as many episodes, I think. It's going to be eight instead of four, which is nude. Yeah, because they probably tr- treated the first season like it was a test season. Yeah, that's what everyone seems to think. They were they wanted to see if it would be any good and successful. And so far, I think everyone has liked it. And that's going to mean it's a success. That's good. That could open doors to like other franchise games that could turn into an anime or possibly a TV show. Yeah. And, you know, bring back our old school <laughs> stuff. But uh, speaking of superheroes, I did see Spider-Man Homecoming last week. And I have to say, out of all the Spider-Mans that I've seen, the Tobey Maguire, the Andrew Garfield, now Tom Holland, I have to say Tom Holland is the best Peter Parker and the best Spidey. Does that mean the movie was the best or just that he's the best at being Spider-Man? The movie was... uh, Here's the thing. The Amazing Spider-Man, the one with Andrew Garfield... I think yeah. hit the right notes, but it was still another origin film where it's like, all right, we get it. More. Yeah. But this one, how they written it, where it's pretty much, hey, Uncle Ben already died. It's that that's already passed now. You're in his high school. Doing high school shit. He's a smart. He's a nerdy kid. And he already got bitten by that radioactive spider. So he's Spider-Man already, or Spider-Boy and all that stuff. It's right after Civil War, so it picks up from there. And um, you learn about the suit that Tony Stark gives him and everything. And that's that's the story I will give. Um, very funny film. It will ch- make you chuckle throughout the, the whole movie. Um, Michael Keaton awesome as the vulture oh yeah he's always great i it's it's seeing Birdman the whole time but <laughs> have you noticed he's always played something that flies by the way batman has wings uh, yeah, but didn't fly. i glided a little bit <laughs> uh and then you had birdman which is a fucking amazing film if anybody hasn't seen it yet go yeah, see it's it great. Beetlejuice doesn't fly. That is true. Beetlejuice does not. Wait, beetles do have. Some beetles do fly. Yeah, but he's not a literal beetle. True. It, it, it's 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 the 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 star which is named after what is it? Is it a demon or a demi? I don't know. Something. Speaking of Beetlejuice, Wyona Ryder, and Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's really good at that. Yeah, very underrated, by the way. Um. But Spider-Man Homecoming, very enjoyable. Uh, if you're big into the comic, they do little tweaks in there that might piss off some people, especially when it comes down to a certain person called MJ. And that's all I'll say. Um, sets up the event of Infinity War. So if... Because you, you remember, the Sony and Marvel deal means after... 
uh, Infinity War and Homecoming 2. He's gone unless they sign another contract saying that this is we're making a lot of money. Let's keep on doing this, which is what everyone hopes will happen. Yeah, because we need Spider-Man in there. But I, I, I recommend this film because they did it right where they they didn't make the mistake of telling another origin story because we don't need to hear that anymore and the acting was great it was very enjoyable um the only downside i will actually another downside i will actually say is that it can be slow because it does focus a little bit more on a high school and not more of the the web slinging and going from skyscraper to skyscraper and it also you ever wonder that question if spider-man was like in not in the city like how would he get around yeah they answer that in this film <laughs> the spider mobile right no no that remember he's a kid he doesn't have a car yet and tony stark doesn't give him one yet but uh, yeah, I recommend go seeing this. Uh, I saw it in IMAX. I actually saw both movies in IMAX. And uh, go see it because it was really, really cool. Yeah, pretty well. But let's talk about Dunkirk. What do you think? I want to. I want to hear your opinion on Dunkirk. Oh, Andy. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. People kept telling me, "Oh, there's not a lot of dialogue. Well, pretty good. Well, who cares? What have they got to say? They're they're in combat, man." There's, I think everyone wants all these stupid scenes where, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm from, I'm from Dover. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from, well, I got a woman back home. How about you? I, I don't know. That's not what this movie was about. It's, they, they did a wonderful, it shows off how good all these actors are because you can tell exactly what they're doing and thinking without them saying it. They don't have to look at the camera and say, I'm trying to get back to Britain because I don't want to fucking die in Dunkirk. You know, you can tell that. Oh, he's trying to get out of here. Oh, he's scared. Oh, this is going on. Oh, he's he's worried about this. Oh, he's trying to hide from that guy. It, it if the actors are good enough, you don't need dialogue. And this movie will, I think, for probably forever, be one of the best examples of how to convey things without dialogue. Plus, I mean, there's there was there was enough dialogue in it. I love the fact that uh, you don't see a German in the entire movie except for the two out of focus ones that capture Tom Hardy's character at the end. With, I guess spoiler, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved the movie. It's great. Yeah. Actually, somebody in the chat says, hello, I thought it wasn't really slow at all. He's talking about Spider-Man Homecoming because of the 30-second delay. There is yeah. something eventful, eventful going on just about every minute. I'm glad they're focusing on Peter Parker in the younger high school years since the public has seen a lot of web-slinging since 2002 already. So it was a refreshing, I feel. And I, I agree with that. Just more of the children have a slow attention span. And when they see, like, oh, he's in school. I go to school. It's boring and shit. Like, that will steer the little kitties away. But like, I don't want to see a movie that they want to see. I want to see a movie that I want to see. Damn straight. But on Dunkirk, didn't you like that you had it? You had the feelings in war. Like, it wasn't that typical war movie. It was like, well, I'm a fucking badass. I'm going to go straight into fucking battle. There was times where certain people were like, no, fuck that shit. I don't, why are you going towards that war? I want to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. And then you had uh, another group where, by God, they had the most bad luck ever. And, like, every situation they were, they were just, like, swimming to another ship. And, uh... It, it was intense. What? I said a lot of swimming in that movie. Yes. And if you... All the people that are saying there's no dialogue and there was no character development, it's not about the characters at all. It's about the event of how 400,000 Br British uh, survived this pretty much shitty situation where they had to fucking wait on a beach while fucking Germans were coming in there fucking dropping bombs and shit. And all they had uh, was, like, like six airplanes defending them. And then you see, like, because they were waiting for a really long time that uh, they ran out of fuel and you just saw your own fucking uh, country planes just dropping from the sky. That That's a scary fucking moment. And then you're on this fucking pier with other men 
just ducking while you hear bombs are dropping. So how can you fucking have dialogue about this shitty situation where we're probably in their head or out of their mouth? They're like, fuck, I'm going to die. Fuck, I'm going to die. Because that was the probably the mindset of everybody on that beach. And Christopher Nolan catches it great, which I think he did good in this film. Yeah, that movie builds suspense really well, and I think that's mostly... I was saying when we got out of it to my two friends, Christopher Nolan, more than any other director I can think of, is really great at deciding when to use Steadicam and when not to. And it's not always just in like an action sequence. Sometimes it's just a guy walking down a pier or something. He just knows, oh, let's not use Steadicam here. We're going to use... It's going gonna, it's gonna to bob around. That's, I don't know. It's some, something about it. He just he has just the right touch for that. And then not only is the suspense built well, but the music helps that really well, too. Hans Zimmer. Uh, the, uh, the audio is really, really fucking loud in this movie. But it was Yeah, like, I'm really glad that they don't pull punches on how loud guns are. Like, I jumped at that very first gunshot when they're in the, in the town. Yeah, I almost spilled my drink. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's in that town and he's, like, just climbing shit. And all of a sudden you just hear this fucking tank gun. Like, it sounded like a 50 cal just going off, and you're like, holy shit. That was fucking loud. And especially when you're in IMAX theater, and that thing is pounding on your uh, your eardrums and everything. But overall, do you see this movie winning, winning an Oscar? Probably. It should win some. Maybe, sound maybe at the very least, like sound design, uh, supporting roles. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it could. I mean, possibly even for direction or screenplay or something. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It, it'll probably get nominated, but I don't think it'll win. Yeah, it's definitely, like, a good movie. And if you're into history, it's a must-see. But if you're a fan of Christopher Nolan, that's a that's another reason to go see this film, too. Because if, if you're a fan of good movies, you just see it, and it's great. Yep. And I finally saw Memento this weekend, this week too. I love that movie. I never seen that that movie ever, and I I kicked myself in the ass for not seeing that movie when it first came out. But uh, if anybody wants to know what that movie's about, it's got about a guy who has short term memory, and uh, his wife uh, gets raped and killed, and he's trying to figure out who did it. And how he's doing that, he writes shits. He writes shits on his body, like tattoos of like facts and stuff. And he has to piece it all together. But he's having that short-term memory loss, and he like he has to start from square one again. He's always asking people who what their name is. He has pictures of uh, the people that he meet, and then he writes on the back if you should trust this person or not. And how they shoot that movie, it's not like from point A to point B. You're getting like point B or let's let's say point point Z and then you're going all the way to A it's 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 really shot good and the writing is really good and it's like one of those movies that have a low budget and it's still good most of the editions of the DVD have a special feature where it'll play the movie in chronological order Mm -hmm. and it's just a subpar mystery then like it's kind of like oh I get it but the way the movie's put together makes it just downright brilliant. Like, it's really cool and really interesting. And every time it jumps, like, even though the time it's jumping isn't even that far, you're immediately like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, there's a whole other sub-mystery for me to figure out. It's 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 just surprise, 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 surprise. The movie's really good that way. Mm-hmm. And I was it Guy Pierce. He was the main character. And then you had a... Oh, I keep on forgetting this Italian guy. He was in the Matrix. He was uh the one that backstabs everybody. Forgot oh, yeah. I, I forgot his name. But anyway, uh you also have Trinity in there. I don't know her her name either. But, oh yeah, I forgot she was in that. Yeah, she was Natalie. And uh it was it was really good and how like the twist at the end or or, or should I say the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> uh is really clever on how the writing was and there's a lot Christopher Nolan does this thing where he doesn't give you uh 
everything. He he, he doesn't give you all the details. He kind of gives the main plot and then says, here, go think about it. And I feel like Memento did that when uh, he tells a story about Stan. Do you remember Stan? I think uh, it's been a few years since I saw that one. You know, the story where he keeps on telling about this other guy who has short, short term memory loss and uh, gives insulin to his wife. And oh, I'll, yeah. You know, that part in in the that story where he says when he kills his wife, he ends up going to the hospital and just lives his short term memory life for the rest of his life in there. My theory is that him, uh, the person, is in that hospital thinking about all the stuff in the movie. But that's just my theory. Maybe. Because you never know. He has short-term memory loss. Other than that, have you been uh, watching or playing anything else? Because that's all I got. I've been watching movies. Yeah, that's it. I've been playing a lot of that same game and Netflix stuff. Yeah, damn Skippy. So let's go on to news that matter to us. Uh, let's start off with James Bond. So what news do you got for James Bond? I mean, this was just a few hours ago, but they, the official James Bond Facebook and a couple other things they put out um, announced that there will be a new James Bond movie. It's coming out November 2019. Um, they announced the writer. I'm pretty sure he's a new guy. It's being produced by you know the same people, uh, Barbara Broccoli and um, whatever the On Productions people. Uh, but that's it. They haven't said the title. They haven't said who's in it. They haven't said who's Bond yet. But everyone seems to suspect Daniel Craig. Even though when he was promoting Spectre, he was talking about how he was done with it and he hated it. And in several interviews, he has said, in one interview, they were like, oh, you're going to be Bond again? He said, no, I'd sooner, I, I'm going to screw the quote up. As sooner like smash this glass and cut my wrists, I'm done with it, I'm through, or something like that. But uh, I guess um, recently Daniel Craig was, he starred in, I don't know what else he did with it, but he did an off-Broadway production of Othello, and Barbara Broccoli helped produce it, and I guess... She said in an interview that she's all but got him convinced to come back and be Bond one more time or something like that. So I don't know. It's kind of it's interesting because no one really knows for sure if it's going to be Daniel Craig. But it's starting to look like it'll be him again. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they announced the director yet either. I don't think Mendez will come back. Uh, Skyfall was brilliant, but Spectre just didn't do as well. They'll probably get someone else for that. Why don't they just get the guy who did Birdman? To do a, a Bond film. I think he could do it. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, but yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but uh, why would you bring back a person that doesn't want to be Bond? Like, doesn't doesn't have the feeling to do Well, it? the role actually has a history of people feeling that way about it. There's a really good documentary on, I think it's Amazon Prime, called Being Bond, and it's about George Lazenby, the guy who was Bond in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And about how after the movie, he basically, like, shunned being Bond and, like, grew a beard. And they're like, you can't grow a beard. You're supposed to be James Bond. And he was like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. You can't tell me what to do. And basically, like, he, he got out of a he, – he was going to sign for, like, six movies and didn't do it. And it's because they, they want him to be real specific when he's in the public light because he's representing that brand and stuff. And I guess they've got away from that some. But apparently being Bond is really um, – demanding and you've got to do a lot of public stuff and a lot of press and you've got to go all over the world and it's demanding physically as well and i don't know how old daniel craig is but i you know, he's still fit clearly but i don't know if he wants to keep doing it and it was a lot of work bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it sounds like something like the the directors or the production company is like controlling the person that's being bond so Absolutely. That, I mean, Bond is is everything to Aeon Productions. That's that's all they got. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it kind of makes sense. Uh, Albert Broccoli and uh, and uh, Fleming were real close, I think, and there were some other like big players, and they, they they built that whole brand. There's a reason James Bond is like one of the most recognized film brands in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think that? I think we talked about this last time. But do you ever? Since now there is a female Doctor Who, do you think there's going to be a female Bond? 
Uh, I don't think it's impossible, but I, I think we're many movies off of something like that happening. If they did it now, I feel like it would be kind of like a pathetic pandering thing. And I'm not saying that making characters feminine is a bad move. I, I think Doctor Who being a chick is, is kind of interesting. That could be cool. I mean, it's going to give them a chance to write Doctor Who a little different. But with Bond, I feel like the only reason they would do it is to get you know, that crowd off their back and to get free press and stuff like that. I, I think for now they're going to stick with what's working and that's the, the masculine British every man or every, the uh, male masculine fantasy, whatever. There's a smart way to say it, but I'm not that clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know, like I think Daniel Craig has ran its course. I'd rather see somebody new. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't, like, you know the guy from uh, Pacific Rim, the black guy? Have you seen Pacific Rim? Oh, yeah. He's also, he's also in Dark Tower. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind him being the Bond. Yeah, that was a rumor for a while, that would be cool. Yeah, so, like, I, I, I w wouldn't mind that, but a female, like you said, I think it's a couple of years away. Maybe when we're full, uh, you know, social justice warrior mode in america where we need to cater to those people and have a female and everything uh that's that's more down the road um but i'm psyched hopefully we get a uh cool name because i really like i didn't like specter that much yeah it was i was disappointed like it had uh i don't know how to say his first name javier board bodine in it bordine in mm -hmm. it and uh I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And he just, like, I feel like he slept walk through that whole role. And the plot itself was a little messy. And there's that point where they're walking out of the base and it explodes. And even, like, Bond and the, and the main woman are like, oh, it's exploding. That's weird. I don't know why that's going on. And you, I mean, it's cool that it exploded, but couldn't they have just added a scene where Bond sets a bomb or something? Or, I don't know, the movie was just messy. I feel like they got Mendez to come back and do it, and he didn't want to, and maybe Daniel Craig's heart wasn't in it, too. I don't know. I, I, feel, I still feel like he has a lot of really great moments in that. The whole um, prologue in Mexico is one of my favorite prologues. Mm -hmm. Or no, is that is that Skyfall or is that Spectre? I think that's Spectre. I think that's Spectre. I think it's Spectre. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, but that that's one of my favorite prologues in in Bond. But yeah, the rest of the movie's a little blah. But you know, on the other hand, Skyfall is like one of the best ones. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'm I'm hyped. And what they I also saw on their Facebook that they're going to be announcing soon the information of like yeah, it's coming in the in the next I don't know, month or so or something like that. Okay. Cool. Um. Something to keep an eye on. Yep. So we go from high news to low news because uh, we lost another uh, mus musician. Greatest talent, I think, out there. Well, one of them. I mean, we lost Chris Cornell, and now we're losing Ch Chester Bennington from Linkin Park. Uh, both from suicide, which is weird, and both that apparently were in a good place, and then decided to get rid of themselves um very shocking news like i was i was like why you were so young you, you left six children behind you know this was this was this was my high school pretty much lincoln park and uh a lot of people give him shit for like changing the lincoln park sound like people still want hybrid theory and chester was like Get the fuck away from hybrid theory. People need to understand that as music musicians, they need to adapt to the generation. They can't stick to one sound because if you stick to one sound, you're going to end up being like fucking Nickelback where everything sounds the same. Yeah. It, it's, I just, I just wanted to mention it. I was like, it sucks that we're losing somebody uh, that was talented and you know, I know shit happens and all that stuff, but 41 is too young. And, uh, you know, condolences to his family and everything. And I hope, like, 
I hope he doesn't get like degraded from like this somehow where they find out more stuff like he's been doing like cocaine and like other some shit. But yeah. You have anything to say about Chester? Uh, I think you covered it. Yeah. So let's get away from the sad news, but rest in peace, buddy. Um, I'm going to miss your music. But uh, get into the shitty news now for uh, DC movies. The reshoot of Justice League. Boy, that movie's not going to be good. When you see Batman versus Superman and you already have low expectations at, yep. of fucking Justice League, and now you see a headline saying they need to reshoot more scenes, it's like, what the fuck? People, people trying to defend it. Oh, almost all movies have reshoots. Yeah, but not at this point in production. Not this late, and not, not to the point where one of the biggest actors is complaining publicly about it. Yeah, the only two that are not complaining is because they don't have any other projects. Is Ben Affleck and uh, the woman who plays Wonder Woman, Gal something. Uh, I like her. Yeah, she's she was really great in Wonder Woman, by the way. Awesome film. Uh, but when you when you when you're having all these reshoots and stuff, that that that's a red flag out of nowhere, and especially yeah, the, and the, the creative change too. And it's not Snyder's fault. I understand that, but I'm just saying that's that's another nail in this coffin. Like, I just don't think this movie's good. I, the trailer for it before Dunkirk, I thought was really uninspired. But I haven't seen this Comic Con one, but I I don't know I. I started with my expectations really low for this movie because of Batman versus Superman being such a huge turd, but it just keeps going lower and mm -hmm. lower and lower and lower. Uh, they actually came out with a new trailer from uh, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con, and I feel like they're showing the whole movie again. Just like how they did Batman versus Superman, where they show all the great scenes and then probably the ridiculous scenes are going to be filled when you go see the movie. Yeah. Just like how Batman versus Superman was, where the first scene you see Bruce Wayne like levitating and shit. And thank God it was just a dream. Because that would have been terrible. Um, I already forgot about that. That part's stupid. Yep. So Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, is pissed off that he has to do these reshoots. And it's mainly just like you said, because of the creative di difference with Joss Whedon. Who yeah. probably went through all Snyder's uh, shoots and said, oh, I want to change this, I want to change this, and all yeah. that stuff. He didn't have all the pieces he wanted, and that's... I mean, he is clearly... Okay, clearly isn't fair. Like, there's an objective-subjective thing here. But in my opinion, he is a vastly superior director, and I'm sure he looked at all the pieces that Snyder had, and he was like, what the fuck is this? I can't do anything with this. So he said, let's do some reshoots. And then the actors were like, are you fucking kidding me? We just did all this work for like, I don't know how long shooting took. We'll say 10 months or something. I don't know. It's got to be really frustrating for everyone involved. And then when everyone on a set starts getting grouchy, or, you know, not just a set. If, if you're like working somewhere and everyone is like being a grouch all the time, it really affects your work. And you've, you get, you got to think that that's going to come through when you're creating art art with huge 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 air quotes there but a movie is if nothing else art i guess entertainment okay mm -hmm. there you go I just said entertainment. yeah and then maybe you'll have something like specter where everybody's morale is down because everybody's pissed off and then you just get subpar content uh in your movie if that movie is at least as good as specter then i will be pleasantly surprised yeah I, I'm hoping it's going to be at least a little bit more better than Batman versus Superman. But again, that bar is so low. Like, it's below the floor. Yeah, I mean, that movie was such a disaster. Every once in a while, I'll still talk to people who are like, well, it wasn't that bad. And, like, it's cool that people were entertained by it. But for me, it's just like one of the worst big budget movies I've seen in years. I hate when people tell me, you need to watch the extended version. I'm like, no. I'm like, why am I going to watch extended stuff that should have been in the film in the first place to explain this stupid plot that somehow made Batman versus Superman uh, stop fighting because they both had the same uh, mother's first name, Martha. 
So dumb. God, it's terrible. And then they fucking just kill kill. I don't even care. Fuck, fuck this movie. Spo- <laughs> fucking Doomsday just dies in the fucking first like, not even a Justice League movie. Doomsday is your fucking one of your main villains in Justice League, and you killed him off. Yeah, you could, still- you could bring him back. They but- got they still got some good stuff. They got Dark Side out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dead 2009 says you need to watch the extended version Kappa Face, meaning sarcasm. <laughs> no, I'm not fucking watching that shit. But, uh, yeah, just DC movies in general. Like, Wonder Woman was, like, a pleasant surprise. Did you see that movie? No, I still really want to, but, yeah. I'll say it's... Ten times better than Batman versus Superman, but not zero. Not 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 as good as Iron Man one. <laughs> of course not. Iron Man one is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Yep. So it has like that middle factor where it's not too bad, and it's not that great either. But it's just right. <laughs> Would you like more it or Guardians of the Galaxy two? Wait, what? What are we comparing? Uh, Wonder Woman and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, I didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yet. Oh, I'm trying to find a middle of the road. Kind um, I forget. Let's move on. <laughs> well, I heard like mixed feelings about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Like, you know, all those people that say, well, it's not as great as one. Like, nothing's ever going to be great as the original. Yeah. And any. Is my favorite Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's best, but it's my favorite. There's a difference. Yeah, because it's a change of pace. It's not about like saving the world. It's about these characters that are funny as fuck. But somehow... saving the whole galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 they save the galaxy, but they're still funny as fuck. <laughs> um, there's no other news out there that matter to us. Um, I wanted to just mention, uh, and this is going to be a common th- uh, thing with me. I'm probably gonna whine about it on future shows. Um, the, the SNES Mini is, you haven't been able to reserve it yet with one exception in the United States, and it's already been a huge clusterfuck in Europe, and recently Walmart put up their pre-orders, and it took like, eh, a little, little shy of 40 minutes from what I understand to get filled, filled up, and they did it at like midnight or something, so everyone was fucking asleep, including myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just, I, I want to set a precedent and return to this. I want to come back to the shit show that will inevitably be the SNES minis launch in the United States. I, I still don't understand why Nintendo does this at all. Cause uh, before I bought Splatoon 2 digitally on the console itself, I went to Amazon. I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I can get it for $10 cheaper on uh, amazon.com. If you have prime and all that stuff, it would be 48 something. Yeah. I, I go there sold out. I'm like that's been that's been happening with a lot of big games recently though. I I see I've seen that with some PS4 games too on Amazon. Not all of them, but like not all of them. But I mean, Splatoon two was like a you know big goddamn deal. So you know, just a little in their defense, and this coming from a guy who just mentioned something solely that solely so that in future shows he can bitch about Nintendo not supplying products. Yeah. I I actually uh, speaking of things that they've released that you can't get anything of. Um, Amiibos are still somewhat hard to get, but recently Amazon put up the Cloud and Bayonetta and like the last wave of Smash Brothers Amiibos. Cool. As of right now, though, you can still buy them. So that's a step in the right direction. If you want Cloud, if you want Bayonetta, if you want Corrin, if you want the new Splatoon Amiibos, they're all, yeah, they're all available right now. Mm Mm-hmm. So thank goodness for that. Now, there's a couple of the exclusives, like uh, the GameStop exclusive cloud, and I can't remember. Is it Best Buy that got the Player Two Corn? I don't know. Whoever, whichever. Those are pricey, but that's because Amazon doesn't sell those. So I don't know what's up with that. But why are they do- are they doing this on purpose, or is it is there a reason why they're having? A- I think I think Amiibos have taken a dip in popularity, and I think the reasons for that are varied. I think partially Nintendo is trying to do better 
in like their own misguided, bullshitty, not helping at all kind of way. I think also because they re-released a bunch of Amiibos, a bunch of uh, collectors and people who like to sit on stuff for value realized, oh, these aren't going to hold their value that well. I'm going to stop collecting these. And also, I just, you know, I think the the newness and the coolness of them has waned. I think they were the big thing, and now they're just a thing. Because yeah, he's like mini NES and Super NES. Now I'm hearing through the grapevines that there might have an N64 uh, mini coming out, too. So I think that's speculation more than rumor itself. But. Yeah. And uh, just the shortage and everything, like how they're having all these people scramble. Obviously, all these scalpers are going to get it, and they're going to fucking charge people triple the amount. And people are so yeah. stupid, they're going to pay for that shit. There are people who solely do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Nintendo, you see that we want this thing, so fucking supply us. Yeah, the, the, just, the demand is there. Apparently, the SNES Classic, the SNES Mini, is going to be $80. Can I just send a check to Nintendo? I mean, that's fine. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't buy an NES Mini. I didn't really want one that bad. I had one opportunity once. I saw one in the store. And I didn't really want it, but I want a SNES Mini. I want one. It's got games on it that I want to play. Not just Star Fox 2, either. I want to play some of that other jazz. Now, let's say... if the N64 comes out, what games do you think that are going to come with that one? Obviously, Mario Kart. Mario, uh, Mario 64, Mario Kart, probably the first Mario Party, maybe the second one, probably at least the first one, Star Fox, um, Kirby Crystal Shards, maybe? Um, Super Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers. Um, They would probably try to get Goldeneye on there, but I don't think it would work. The rights for Goldeneye are confusing. Or that Gex? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably a game that wasn't released in America somehow. They'll probably slap that on there. That would be cool. Yeah. Honestly, I, I would be down for that. That's that's. I mean, I said games besides Star Fox 2 for the SNES Mini, but honestly, that's a big draw. That's, that's cool as hell. I played it emulated once on a computer, and it seemed cool, but... I like that. I, I want Nintendo to understand that I like that stuff. Like when they put out Earthbound Zero on the Wii U, I bought it day of to, to send a message. Yeah, this is more of this, please. Bring bring us games that we haven't got yet because they still have tons of games that are Europe-exclusive, Jap- Japan-exclusive, or just didn't come out North America. And, I mean, some of them even came out in Europe and are translated, like Terra Enigma and stuff like that. And I, I feel like... They should they should put some effort into getting those to us via the still absent virtual console for the Switch. Which, by the way, I have a gripe with all these fucking mini consoles coming out where they're creating this shit rather than focusing more attention on the thing that they should be uh, focusing on, which is a virtual console where we can play Star Fox 2 because you can emulate it on the virtual console. Why it's it's. And it probably is the reason why they're doing these mini consoles, so that they can nickel and dime us there before they hit the virtual console. Well, it's not even nickel and diming. If anything, this is probably making them more money, because if they released all of these games on the Switch, then I could decide, you know what, I want Earthbound, I want Final Fantasy 3, I want Star Fox 2, and I don't need this other stuff. You know, th- these these are all just hypothetical examples. But with the, the SNES Mini, I gotta get it all. It doesn't matter what I already own on cartridge. I, I got It's either $80 and you get everything, or $0 and fuck you. So, <laughs> they're kind of making more money this way. Like, where I could have spent, whatever, $15, I'm now spending 80 plus tax shipping. I mean, maybe that's what they're looking at, too, for the, like, making a shortage of all these systems, because... They're trying to get those people that want to get it. And then, like, hey, we know you like those games. They're also going to be on the virtual console. So here you go. Maybe that's a thing. But still, there's still demand for those mini consoles. Or I want one of them, but I know I'm not going to get it because I'm not waking my ass up early to go to a Walmart to sit on a line and not even be guaranteed to get one. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to a brick and mortar. Like, I, I, uh, I have some alerts set up, and if I can reserve one through um, Amazon, uh, 
GameStop.com, something like that, then fine. But if, if, if I don't get one, then I'm not going to shed a tear, and I'm not going to line up at any brick-and-mortar shops. If I'm wandering around a Walmart in January and I see one, I'll buy it. But I'm not going to break my back. Yeah, it, it's just terrible. And like I said, I'm not waking up. I'm not waiting on that line just so that they can tell me we ran out of tickets. So Sorry, go home. Fuck that. And I'm not paying twice as much from a scalper to get the system either. Uh, but uh, let's talk Let's talk about some coming attractions. Yay. Now what this segment is going to be about is games, movies, TV shows that are going to be coming out within a two-week span so that you know the game is coming. So either get your pre-orders ready or get your lunch money or paychecks ready. But don't it. pre-order something unless you absolutely need to, or if you're getting a discount, or if you're getting something that you really value, because pre-ordering stuff is not good for video game culture. Mm-hmm. And we got a we got a follow, follower, by the way. Cool. Uh, I don't know how to say his uh, name, but the last part says Scorpion. So Scorpion, thank you for being a part of the order. On uh... get over here, buddy. <laughs> get over here. Thanks for the follow and uh, welcome. Uh, this is Big Trouble in Little Podcast. This is where we talk about everything nerdy shit. So just sit back and relax and have a discussion. But uh, yeah, definitely pre-order games that you want. And uh, also, just don't get it because like an exclusive GameStop things. Because I hate that. What I'm saying is only pre-order a game if you think you need to pre-order. Speaking of pre-ordering... And uh, actually, I'll wait until we get to this. But Lawbreakers is coming out August 8th. Uh, it's going to be $30. Because as Cliffy B said at E3, we're not like those other uh, multiplayer-only games and all that stuff. So he's cutting the price in half. And I'm happy about that because the game is actually pretty decent. It's like a combination of Overwatch and Unreal Tournament. I'll be honest, uh, that game wasn't really on my radar, and hearing what you just said, suddenly I'm like, oh, I, I kinda, I'm going to check that game out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on PlayStation 4. It said PlayStation 4 and Microsoft uh, Studios, so I don't know if that's like an Xbox One what? and PC. Hmm, I guess. I, maybe, I don't know, but it is on the PS4 if you're not into like PC gaming or Xbox One. That's where I would play it anyway. And then another game that I know me and Andy are excited about, especially with our Nintendo Switch, is uh, Sonic Mania coming out August 15th. Yes. Can't wait. And uh, did you see the Amazon uh, special edition, by the way, for like $66 or something? Yeah, I... uh... Wait, do I? I can't remember. I either have it pre-ordered and I canceled it, or I still have it pre-ordered, because I can't decide how bad I want it. Like, I don't have anywhere to put it, but I'm so excited for Sonic Media. It looks so fucking good. Like, the people who are working on it are just the people I want working on it. All the music they've shared has sounded great. All the gameplay they've shared has looked great. I'm I'm getting dangerously excited for this game, because if it lets me down, if Sonic breaks my heart again, dubs, listen to me. If (laughs) Sonic my heart again i just i don't think i can go on you don't want to get uh what's that other game sonic heroes the or not heroes sonic forces yeah yeah it looks okay (laughs) (laughs) whatever it doesn't come out till next year sonic sonic mania comes out like what next month yeah and this deluxe edition by the way the box looks like uh the sega genesis box it uh, looks like you get like a little statue. kind of looks like an amiibo in a way of Sonic standing on a Sega Genesis. Well, it's bigger than an amiibo. It's 12 inches tall. Oh, then never mind. It's bigger than an amiibo. It just looks small in the picture. And you get a Sega cartridge cast with golden ring in it. And, yeah. And then you get a metallic. Well, the, statue, the statue, if you hit the button, it what does it go Sega? It says something. I can't remember. I think it says Sega. There's, yes. no, there's no audio on here, but uh, it says you also get a metallic collector's card with download key. So this is like a download. 
I don't think it's like a hard copy of the game. Yeah, I couldn't decide if I really wanted it because it's not like it comes with the game in the case, which is what I really want. I understand it's a download title. That's fine. And the statue is super cool, but all the other stuff is kind of like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. The ring, like, what am I going to do with that? It's, it's a ring. You could collect it. <laughs> uh, clearly. And if you get hit, you lose it. It's gone. Gonzies. But uh, those are the two games that are in the two-week span of now so that you can all collect your money and get ready for some awesome stuff. Uh, no movie, no top movies that I know that are coming out. The big movies already came out, which was Valerian, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Dunkirk, and I know there's more. I'm just not... That, that's the only ones I saw so far. Mm. But Common Attractions... We have some deals of the week. So, Andy, I know you're into Rainbow Six Siege, and I know I need to get it for the PS4. And it looks like it's cheap for me now, because it's 30 bucks on Amazon. Which version is that? Does the, that include either of the year passes? I don't think so. I think this is just vanilla. Ah, I mean, that's still good. Um, the way they've been updating the game, you get all the maps for free, but you don't get the operators, operators meaning players, or the characters, bleh. Um, But recently they have added a lot more, and they're adding what is essentially like loot box drops. Uh, I hate when games add that kind of stuff, but maybe there will be some cool stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. It actually went down from what I did in the outline. So it's not twenty nine ninety nine anymore. It's twenty seven ninety nine. Oh fuck! So it got lower. Um, I played this game when it first came out. I thought I was like, "Oh, this is such a bare bones game right now." It's when it came out, it was not worth sixty dollars, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. And now, since they've been updating this game with the cool operators and the cool maps that are coming out, it's finally a game. And they've that, worked on matchmaking a lot, and they've worked on, I mean, just, just like behind-the-scenes stuff you don't think about. Like, apparently they're actually trying with this game. hmm And that's why I think we go back to Andy's point. Don't pre-order games unless you're 100% sure. Yeah, like, I mean, you really, if anything, you shouldn't pre-order anything ever. But, I don't know, I, I'll pre-order a special edition. I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'll pre-order a special edition that I think will disappear or, or you know, I pre-order stuff on Amazon because I get that sweet, sweet 20% off. But you also get that for the two first two weeks that a game is out. So even that doesn't even matter. The only time I pre-order games is when I'm doing it digitally and when I'm off the next day so that I can play it at midnight without even uh, going out my house. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's the only time that it happens. Other than that, I don't pre-order games anymore because eventually it's going to be available. Good for you. And I I, I don't... I want to stick up for the people. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I try not to pay full price. I don't don't think I've paid full price for a game in like a super long time. Just because if I get a game at launch, I'm getting it from Amazon for 20% off. And other than that, I just wait for it to come weighing down. And even even that, I don't do that often. I've done it a lot with Switch games, but that's when it Mm -hmm. just brand new and I, I need something to play in the damn thing <laughs> i gotta ha- i gotta have your mindset because i would i would save a lot of money because when i see new games and it's because of twitch and everything and youtube it's like you see these games you see these people having fun but are they really having fun or are they just being entertaining to get those views yeah i, I think I, well i think depending on the game it could be one or the either one or the other yeah i mean sometimes a genuinely great game comes out i don't want to be a complete pessimist mm-hmm. but then you get that you get that uh that video game high where it's good for a week and then it's collecting dust the next week yeah. and forever. So yeah, that happens too if you buy new games too quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I've got I got Valkyria Revolution sitting up there looking at me in the face and it hasn't even been inside of my PlayStation yet. Yeah, I I, I just gotta start buying games slowly and games that I really want and know that I'm gonna be playing. Rather than being like, hey, I need to get this game because everybody oh, else. Damn, that reminds me. I just I got a bunch of games off of hum- Humble Bundle two days ago, too. What'd you get? Um, They're doing a Telltale Games bundle. I just got the, the $1 tier. I donated a little more than a dollar. But it got um the first Walking Dead one, which everyone says is great. Mm-hmm. But I've never played. Um, A couple other games that I kind of care about but don't so much. But you get, um, what is it, uh, Poker at the... 
the something like Telltale made a uh, Texas Hold'em poker game, and the characters in it are like the heavy from Team Fortress, and Glados is in it, and Claptrap from Borderlands, and like Brock Samson from Venture Brother. It's weird, but it's a super funny, super fun game. I played the demo on 360 like a billion times and never bought it. So the main reason I got it was to get that. And I also really wanted that Walking Dead and oh, you get all the Sam and Max stuff, the the newer stuff from like 2006. Oh nice! I played the fourth one; it was fun. Is it still on Humble Bundle? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for for a buck you get all that stuff I just said, and then a couple other games. So yeah, worth it. Five bucks. Get it? That's another deal of the week. <laughs> yeah, you get a bonus deal. There you go. So Andy, I think we're gonna conclude our first episode of Little. Uh, Wow, big trouble in little, little podcast. Pod face. <laughs> big trouble in little podcast. I gotta get Mike used to saying trapped. that. So, um, everybody, thanks for listening to episode one of Big Trouble in Little Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube, and remember, you people, sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the homes homes fires wow i fucked that up home (laughs) fires burning and if we're not back by dawn call the president see you guys later you want to do another take you want to do another live take another take while live no fuck that (laughs) (laughs) we're we're like we just burn goodbye everybody